Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. Today is Friday, November 13th. Ooh, Friday the 13th, 2020. I am your host, Detroit sports writer, Nolan Bianchi. Today with me, co-hosting the show, guiding the ship, I have from the Locked On Pistons podcast and a journalist for PlayMichigan.com. It is Matthew Shook, our dear friend, Matthew Welcome back to the show. How's it going? Unfortunately, Ethan cannot be here today. He is uh, out raking leaves for his whole neighborhood. It's this whole community initiative he signed up for, and it was this huge undertaking, and now he just can't do it anymore. So we appreciate you stepping in. Yeah, the man is just uh, swallowing, swallowed whole by leaves right now. So nice that we're able to uh, step in, and always good to be here on Lockdown Red Wings, my second favorite Lockdown Podcast Network show. Thank you. Thank you. I, pre- I was like, who's number one? Then I was like, oh, yeah. Locked on Nordiques. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Locked on Nordiques. Yeah. We, we told Ethan, uh, we said, hey, don't worry. Just fall back. <laughs> got it. Uh, so <laughs> we got some things to talk about, Matt. You, yeah. you and I have been on the same trajectory uh, for quite some time now because our seasons both end mid-March. And then we don't have anything to talk about for the next eight months or so. Sure. Uh, we had the draft at the beginning of October, October 6th, 7th, and then we had free agency on the 9th. You have a similar period coming up, so why don't you tell us everything that's going on uh, with the NBA uh, next week. Yeah, after some stops and starts with the draft date and when it was going to happen and the bubble ending you know, a little bit after the, uh, the NHL bubble did, it's uh, coming fast and furious right away now. Like I said, uh, today, Friday, and then... Coming up on Wednesday will be the NBA draft, uh, November 18th, and then free agency is going to open where you can start talking to players uh, at 6 o'clock on Friday night, so a week from today, and then you can start signing them a couple days after that. But we know that the reports will start coming in probably even before that Friday night. So that Thursday, Friday after the draft, I'm sure you're going to have Woj bomb after Woj bomb and Shams. And, and not that this is a crazy summer for free agency. It's not the – the Kevin Durant moving all over the the league kind of summer. It's not one of those, but it's the NBA, so you expect some crazy things to happen. There's all the rumors as we tape here about Russell Westbrook in Houston and what's going on there. Chris Paul possibly getting traded to Phoenix. You know, there's there's a bunch of things going on right now. The Pistons oh, wow. have a lot of cap space, so certainly we don't expect big names to be traded to the Pistons with that cap space, but they can help facilitate a lot of these trades. And uh, Troy Weaver, a new GM, so it, it's really an interesting offseason ahead for Detroit. Now, one of the things that the Red Wings had working to their advantage in this offseason was, of course, like the Pistons, did not have a very good year. The Red Wings a little bit worse of a year. But they had this uh, situation to where a lot of contracts came off their books at the end of last year. And it ended up being a little serendipitous because, as we know, this season, that cap is going to stay just a little bit flat. Or I assume that's probably what the case in the NBA and which means that Detroit is now a uh, destination for teams who are looking to say uh, who, who do, do those salary dumps like you kind of just referred to. Do you expect the Pistons to be in on some of those? Because while the Red Wings 
logically we're in that situation. It sounds like some, some logistical things, some financial strains may have possibly, may have not uh, gotten in the way of maybe being a little bit more aggressive with their finances. Yeah, I believe that that will be the case for the Pistons. That's the goal of the offseason right now. Now they have about $30 million of cap space because the NBA kept the cap flat at $109 million this next year as opposed to dropping it because of the pandemic and they kind of artificially kept it up. Now they'll have a big fight going into next season about what's going to happen from there because the finances are so up in the air and obviously trending negatively going into this season. So, you know, does that mean that the Pistons are going to take on like an Al Horford, like a huge deal and try to get some picks out of that? I don't think so. I think you're talking more like an off season where you try to re-sign Christian Wood, bring him back for something like 12, $13 million a year, hopefully for three or four years, and then use the rest of that cap space for maybe a couple, uh, you know, some veteran signings that are young, um, minimum salary type of guys, and then maybe swallowing one mid-range type of contract and then taking on uh, some picks for hopefully the future because this isn't a very good draft we have coming up on Wednesday. So hopefully you can figure out a way to get some 2021 or 2022 first-round draft picks. That would be ideal for the Pistons. But no, I mean, as far as like taking a Harrison Barnes contract that's over $20 million, Al Horford that's a huge one, Russell Westbrook that's even bigger than that, I don't see that happening for the Pistons um, because – if you start doing stuff like that, you're talking about really screwing up your cap sheet three years down the road. And uh, for Troy Weaver and the Pistons, you want to be patient and you don't want to go for it and go out and give big money to Fred Van Vliet this offseason and try to make the playoffs next year. But you don't want to start sacrificing uh, the team three years from now. It's just too long. In the NBA, uh, in a perfect world, you should be able to pre be pretty good two, three years from now if you make some smart moves. As, and, and they already have the, the, the makings, the starts of a young core that's not great, but it, there's some pieces there. So mm -hmm. it's not a complete wasteland right now. And, uh, yeah, like the Red Wings, just kind of take on some, some bad deals, but not crazy bad deals and try to acquire some future draft capital for it. That's really interesting because it's a very similar situation that both of our teams are in. But I think with hockey, when it, because right now the, the Pistons are in the place that the Red Wings were, I would say, two, three years ago. And uh, two, three years ago, taking on uh, a cap relief uh, type, of, type of contract would, in my opinion, if it was for that three years or something, or even four years, as we can see, the timeline charted out so where that would have been probably okay because it wouldn't have never hurt their uh, chances at contending. But that's an interesting contrast between the NBA and the NHL, where the NHL, as like if for a team that hasn't hit their valley yet, three years from now, I think is an acceptable time frame to kind of say, okay, we're not even going to try to compete. We don't like, we don't think we can compete within this time frame. So we're going to go ahead and, uh, you know, feel comfortable making those moves. I think one of the interesting differences between the Pistons and Red Wings though, is that think about the fan base and the franchises. I mean, the Pistons haven't had any legitimate success at all since 2008, you know, or, you know, you go to the playoffs in 2009, yeah. you get to the playoffs a couple times uh, in 16 and then in 18 as well. So, or I'm sorry, 19, but you, you know, you, you were getting one and dones in those 16 and 19 seasons. So that wasn't really anything to be that excited about. 
Uh, whereas, you know, the, Re- the, the NHL, and especially the Red Wings organization, some of those years where they were getting bounced in the first round there by Tampa and other teams, that at least you kind of thought maybe Jimmy Howard gets hot and maybe you mm-hmm. got a chance. And, and then, you know, they go uh, deep in the playoffs and get beat by Chicago, who goes and wins the Cup during kind of the beginnings of that span too. So I, I just think that the, the Pistons fan base and Pistons organization, we're talking about 11, 12 years here of – they have not had any chance of winning the NBA championship in that time. Yeah. So the hungrier fan base. I don't think they have the patience. Now it's a smart fan base too. They have a little bit of patience in knowing that they shouldn't go for it this year. But as far as like a four or five year plan, I don't think this ownership or this fan base has the stomach for that. All right. Well, uh, I do want to get into the idea of contending because there was another Detroit sports team who I think changed the landscape uh, within the recent weeks, we have recently talked. We did the Detroit Sports Roundtable of Doom a couple months ago, and I think the the obvious consensus out of that was that the Red Wings are the closest Detroit sports team to contending. But I think there might be something that came out in these last couple weeks that may have changed that narrative. We'll get to it in just a second, but first, I got to talk to you guys about Built Go. Whether it's a mental or a physical wall, break through it with Go every single. Day. Matthew, you are a locked on host. You are somebody who also is a big fan of Built Go, are you not? I love it. I love it. It gets me through tennis on Monday, Monday evenings. So I would imagine that what happens when you when you know you're gonna have to go to tennis, you start getting through that, you know, three o'clock, four o'clock feeling, start getting a little bit drowsy, start thinking, you know what, maybe, maybe I'll I'll skip tennis today. You start making some things up that mm-hmm. are outside of your fatigue. Got to rake leaves. Yeah. Yeah. I got to learn. Yeah. Yeah. In my apartment, mm-hmm. uh, things like that, but you no longer have to have that feeling. Thanks to Bilko. It's the best workout gel on the market. It combines energy gel with collagen protein. It's fast absorbing. So it gets into my system quick. Plus it is easy on the stomach. You can put it in your tennis bag to get through those, uh, what are they called? Sets. I emceed a tennis tournament a couple weeks or a couple months ago. It was like one of the last things I did before the pandemic. And, uh, yeah, I could have, I could have definitely used some built go to keep the energy up. Uh, it's like a five round energy without the same crash feeling. Plus it's natural. So it is better for the body. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and much better results. Just visit builtgo.com right now and use promo code lock to get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code locked. For 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, moving on into segment two here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are joined by Matt Shook from Lockdown Pistons. He is guest hosting today. Hopefully, Ethan has finished raking those leaves soon. But, Matt, we are going to talk a little bit about the Detroit sports landscape because we – I have been a firm believer. I assume you have been a firm believer. I think most people in this city, after the arrival of Steve Eiserman, the captain coming home as GM, have been of the same opinion that the Red Wings are likeliest or are likely the closest team out of the four major sports teams to contending. I think with the hire of AJ Hinch for the Detroit Tigers and some of the assistant coaches changes that he has made since arriving. I don't necessarily know if this is the case anymore because while I do think that the Red Wings and Steve Eisenman are on the right trajectory, I think nobody in this city, especially not even, the Red Wings pale in comparison to the amount of talent that they have in the pipeline compared to the Tigers. 
and they just added a World Series winning coach and an all-star coaching staff. So what is your take on how that, uh, how that hierarchy, I guess, kind of shakes out now? Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. The Tigers have, made, have had a nice summer, really. I mean, the first half of that really short season was kind of decent. You know, there was some, some good baseball that was played. Um, looking at some of the, the players that maybe you, you wouldn't expect much from, Victor Reyes kind of stands out in that way. Jamer Candelario had a great uh, second half of the season as well, second half of that short season that uh, they had in Turnbull was, was pretty much okay, you know, for most of the season as well. So some positive signs from really players that you needed to see positive signs from to be excited. And we know about the young arms that they have coming up through the system there. Uh, some mixed results from what we've heard about those guys this year, some injury issues, some coronavirus issues, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, bringing on AJ Hinch gives you an adult in the room. I've interviewed AJ Hinch when he was with Houston uh, I really like him. I mean, I think he's not only like, I mean, the difference between interviewing Brad Osmus, who wants to prove to you he's the smartest guy in the room and is just a complete jerk. Let's be completely honest. Like yeah. he's a, a complete jerk. And um, I don't think that kind of stuff flies here in the Midwest. Maybe this is me just like being, having hurt feelings as a journalist and in, in interview <laughs> scrums. But I mean, when Matt Patricia comes in and tells you like, you know, sit up, to, to local reporters I yeah. mean, like, what kind of crap is that like, yeah go back to the east coast and you know he's obviously a garbage coach which has been proven week <laughs> in and week out at this point and just a complete embarrassment to this organization which is a, a, a sandwich of embarrassments at this time at this point but yeah you, you had AJ Hinch and, and Chris Fetter coming over from Michigan to be the, the pitching coach which everyone is going crazy about I, don't, I mean I've never seen so much excitement for a pitching coach I he's know great. He's great I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it but people were so excited about Chris Fetter it's like man Dude, maybe because it's, just... it's it's literally it's just something it's anything <laughs> right. like right. <laughs> right it's like Torkelson Torkelson's draft pick got like half as much buzz as Chris Fetter the new pitching coach. <laughs> I, I know funny. but so another thing that kind of led me to bringing up this topic I saw an article the other day somebody said uh and this is this is real bad internet skimming headline like reading it. brain of mine fake news uh yeah. Spencer Torkelson is the best pure hitter to come through baseball in the last 20 years. Sure. Uh, that's, that's, that, I read that and I was like, holy smokes. Yeah. That's, that's I, all I need to hear. I could walk by him down Woodward right now and wouldn't know who he is, but Same. I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you're right. <laughs> so, uh, I just thought that was interesting because, you know, we have talked and, and the Tigers have been really on a similar trajectory as the Red Wings. They just didn't have the competent management which the red wings didn't either until a year and a half ago it's it's funny we live in a far cry to what we did uh back you know in the early parts of 2019 and steve eisman is somebody who has exceeded in my opinion all expectations every i mean that anthony mantha deal that he locked up uh, a week ago was just unfathomable a couple months ago mm-hmm. so i i think now that the uh that AJ Hinch, they have a competent. I, I was never a big Garden Hire fan. Um, he's he's fine. I mean, he was nothing... just he was just a guy that was there. He served yeah. almost zero purpose mm-hmm. except for he was a team ambassador. 
Yes, exactly. Not a mascot. Uh, I don't want to be mean, but he was just an ambassador for the team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mascot's fine too. But now I think now I think that they had the manager in there. I think that'll put some pressure on Alavila too, because a lot of the questions surrounding him has been, yeah, like obviously he's gonna knock it out of the park when he has a top three pick. But mm-hmm. as far as I know, he had a pretty good, you know, post round one draft in this past year now that he makes a good signing i think there's going to be uh some pressure that accompanies having this kind of coaching staff having all this talent and i think pretty soon we're going to see a make or break point for our old friend uh alex vila yeah yeah we'll see how i mean you're gonna start to see some progress now at some point you're probably going to have maize and or mize and scooble up you know at the start of next year and pretty much they are detroit tigers now they're not there are no longer prospects and now you know, Matt Manning will follow and, and Fido will follow and, and all the other names that we've heard about. And then eventually Torkelson probably beats Riley Green to Detroit. And then then you got your team and, and now you're going to have some expectations coming in. But yeah, Chris Illich, uh, you know, the Illiches have been loyal to a fault probably over the years, right? We know mm-hmm. this about the family and, and Chris kind of kept that lineage. I think that it was July 4th a year ago now, so almost a year and a half ago that uh, the extension for Al Avila came, and I was shocked. I think everybody was shocked, could not believe that from what we've seen from the Tigers that Al Avila would get an extension. But as fans, at, at that point, there's nothing you can do about that. You just have to ride that out and see how it works out. And uh, I think in the year and a half since then, especially with this last couple weeks with Hinch and uh, and Fetter, <laughs> the pitching god, uh, that uh, – <laughs> it's been a positive year and a half for the Tigers, which is a, a you know, it's, it's a, it's tempered uh, enthusiasm. It's nothing amazing, but it's like, that's pretty good for Detroit sports to have a, you know, not a zero for the last year and a half. That's a good thing. You know what the, you know what the signing of Chris Fetter reminded me of was the uh, day when I was in high school and I got off a of hockey practice to find out that the Tigers had signed Prince Fielder. <laughs> so exact thing. it was yeah. the, it was the same exact thing right. uh last thing i want to get to before we uh jump in here real quick to how do you feel about a friday because it is a friday and I, I do want to get your opinion on some very very important subject matters uh the nba has become the first out of the two leagues the nhl uh included in that to release their official start date for the upcoming season december 22nd or it's Correct. fifth 25th? 22nd. 22nd? Okay. Uh, December 22nd, it looks like the NBA will go ahead. The NHL pushed their early December tentative start date already to January. At this point, I don't know that it's going to end up happening right at that time. The NBA kind of making it look easy so far. I think the NHL was kind of on the uh, on the forefront of all the bubble stuff and the hub cities and stuff like that, but the NBA really since then has kind of grabbed the torch and NHL in no man's land right now. Yeah, I think what had it's it, things really took a really dramatic turn with the NBA a couple weeks ago because the NBA was headed towards Martin Luther King Day, you know, mid January, maybe even February. There was even some some March talk in there because the coronavirus was, you know, it's getting worse right now. Let's be honest. So, so on one hand, it was like, well, we got to keep pushing it back because we want to get these fans in, we got to get this revenue back. Well, the the NBA kind of reversed course at some point and said hey, uh, we're probably not getting full stadiums of fans 
next year anyway at this mm-hmm. point. It's looking that bad. So what might seem like an optimistic look on coronavirus is actually a completely pessimistic look on coronavirus because they're pretty much punting on next season in terms of getting the revenue, getting the fans back. So at that point, they're like, we had really bad ratings in the playoffs and in the finals uh, TV-wise. And, of course, a lot of that has to do with uh, the fact you're going up against football, the fact that you're going up against everything that's going on in the world, the elections, the news. Nobody's really – you know, the coronavirus kind of throws off everything. But one of the lessons learned by the NBA is that we don't want to be playing games in August and September and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. We want to go and – the, and the players enjoy having their summers off. So let's try to get these – Get our schedule back to where we're ending in June. Uh, we got the Olympics coming up next summer. Also, there's some guys that really care about playing for their home countries in that. So they said, let's just kind of punt on some revenue for the next couple, upcoming season. Let's get this thing started. Let's play 72 games. We'll do right around Christmas up until June. And then that way, our schedule's kind of back to normal for the 2021-2022 season. Hopefully by that time we get the vaccine, we got, you know, the coronavirus hopefully mm-hmm. under control, and then we can get some, some, some arenas full of fans. And, uh, and, and as opposed to trying to salvage a half of revenue for this upcoming season and then screwing your schedule up, they just said, let's, let's punt on next season, let's get it over with, and then we'll, we'll try to come back to normal kind of the year after that. Yeah, and it's an interesting uh, situation for the NHL, too, because of the I – th- I think they rely on the gay revenue maybe a little bit more than the other teams. They don't get as much social media play uh, as the other leagues. Uh, and then another thing to that, too, is that the NHL is about to finish out the end of a long TV contract, another TV contract on, on the other side of that, uh, probably going to impact revenue greatly by, like, talking – billions of dollars an unfathomable amount of money that will be changing hands once this new deal is done and the nhl really needs to get to that so i almost wonder too and we kind of talked about this a little bit on last week's show if the nhl would be best served kind of angling towards a season that ended just a little bit after the nba i think i think finishing at the same time or having your finals uh the same you know backing or pretty much running at the same time as the NBA's conference finals slash the start of their finals is not a good thing. I I think it's probably by design that the NBA outlasts the NHL uh, into the summer so they can be kind of that final sport. But I think it's probably best for the NHL as a sport in a whole to get away from that just a little bit. So I, I don't necessarily know that it's the end of the world uh, that they maybe get a little bit later of a start, that they maybe have a little bit later of a finish. And as we've seen before, January 1st, more than enough time to play enough games in a season. That's when they started the lockout uh, shortened season a couple years back. So still a lot of moving pieces, still a lot uh, in, in the back of my mind. I'm looking at the situation, the facts of it, thinking to myself, well, I, I, I kind of don't see an issue with where things are right now, but I think it's it's going to be uh, a short bridge to getting out of control and, oh, no, what's going to happen with the NHL this year? Yeah, I think January would be good for them to get it done. But I agree with you that, uh, you know, that that after, you know, if, if the NBA ends mid-June, maybe, maybe there's an opportunity for the NHL to go late June, early July to finish their season. Yeah. And you can kind of have a little, like you said, the, the, not much else going on in the sports world until – the NBA offseason begins and some summers that's a big deal. But yeah, there's a couple weeks there where 
there's an opportunity for the NHL to kind of own the market there. And, and with sports betting coming up, um, I think mm. that people are going to be really latching on to whatever the big sports thing that is happening at that, that, yeah. week. you know, yeah. there's going to be more focus on whatever that is. They're going to, mm-hmm. people are going to find something and kind of zero in on it a little bit more than maybe they have in the past. All right. Well, we got, how do you feel about it Friday coming up next? We're here with Matthew Shook at the lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are part of the lockdown podcast network. It is your team every day. First though, fellas, ladies, we got to talk to you guys about built bar. It's a new and improved built bar. That's even more delicious, sir than ever before these six new amazing flavors that they got i mean i've read them over and over again you guys have heard of them caramel brownie cherry barcia carrot cake those are just three out of the six and i know you're already salivating so i'll stop right there that goes with their 12 original flavors that honestly frankly were good enough for me built bar didn't even have to come out with these six new flavors because the 12 original are just so delicious but they did it anyways so now when i go to builtbar.com and I start building my box, it's almost like I, I have a, uh, a spoil of riches to choose from. It's, it's really almost kind of embarrassing. All of the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Plus, I know that when they show up to my door, I'm going to be able to lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. You got the flavor pro let me let me run you through uh my recent favorite and that's the peanut butter you get 19 grams of protein it's only 180 calories five grams of sugar and five grams of net carbs you really can't beat that folks you can't beat it anywhere and right now when you go to builtbar.com right now and use promo code locked on you'll get 20 percent off of your next order that's promo code locked on for 20 percent off at builtbar.com all right, back final segment of the day here at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are co-hosted today by Matt Shook from the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Happy to have you. Let's have a little fun. It's a how do you feel about it Friday. Uh, if you've been here before for a how do you feel about a Friday, you know how this works. We each got uh, two questions. Well, I got two questions that I'm going to ask my friend Matt here. I'm going to say, uh, blank, how do you feel about it? And he's just going to answer, and then we're going to alternate that until the show is over. So, Matt, our lovely guest, would you like to start us off for how do you feel about a Friday? Sure. I'll start us off uh, with something that's uh, very important this weekend. How do you feel about the Masters? I really like the Masters. I'm not a big – I'm not like a huge golf guy. I'm, a, I'm as, uh, as casual of a golf fan as it gets, but I do still uh, like it. Unfortunately, I, I don't think I'll be able to watch a lot of it. I got to do a lot of uh, – football work this weekend uh, i will be probably working when the round ends on sunday uh but I, I i like the masters a lot i like uh you know legacy sports events like i can always get up for those no matter what they are the masters is no different you hear the music the the, the commercials with ray charles singing georgia one of the greatest songs of all time that's not hyperbole folks that's a real real thing also the michael buble version is pretty good too look it up um but yeah that's that's any legacy type of sporting event it's right up my alley i'm into it yeah i mean everyone talks about how the green on the screen right like that augusta national is like the greenest golf course you've ever seen and it's something special when it's in the spring obviously this is a little bit different of a year 
and it's like we've been enduring this horrible winter and it's like the first sign of spring everyone goes crazy about that yeah and i like golf i've played a little bit of golf i there have been times in my life when i like really (laughs) like golf i'm kind of out on golf right now i I just (laughs) i just find that like golf guy to me has like ruined golf a little bit i got that people are so into the masters and the green and the, the whatever and just like there, there's just Facebook group, Metro Detroit golfers. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's like the most insufferable bad golf jokes. And like, I've seen it. I've seen it circulating on Twitter. It's just terrible. And it's, it's just like, wow. Like these, this is the people that love golf. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not one of these people. So I, I, it's like Dave Matthews band to me. It's like, it's fine. <laughs> I like Dave Matthews band, but the people who love it make me like it less. <laughs> that's really funny i love dave and his matthews band uh all right my first one we're, we're gonna do a little inside baseball here you and i okay. we in this in this time of this uh these unprecedented times sure. you and i i know have uh been two people who have been lucky enough blessed enough fortunate enough mm-hmm. to have been able to attend a sporting event live since the world kind of came to an end. I have done it uh, multiple times with the Lions uh, covering the NFL. And I was just wondering, how do you feel about covering sporting events, professional major sporting events with no fans? Let's pull back the curtain here just a little bit. Uh, I love it. I love it. Um, really? Now, 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 that like a disclaimer, if we're talking about like if there was ever to be like a playoff game where the fans weren't there, that would be a huge bummer. You want the fans there for yeah. the, you know, Comerica Park if the Tigers ever made the World Series or something. I mean, that would be such a bummer to have the fans not there. But for like a normal, like Tigers game in July on a Sunday morning or Sunday you know, one o'clock start. Well, first of all, I live right across the street from the stadium. So if you have availability three and a half hours before the game starts, you're supposed to show up at nine thirty. But if they're just doing it on a Zoom call and it's at 10 o'clock, you don't go. Like, you don't go into Gardner's yeah. office. So yeah. I literally roll out of bed, turn on the Zoom, and record Gardner's <laughs> pregame. And then I, then I take a shower, then I go to Starbucks, and then I do my thing. And, and then I can walk over to the game at 1230 for a 1 o'clock game, right? So it's perfect. Like, it, it, it cuts half of the day out. So I know yeah. it's very specific. We're, I've gone inside baseball of inside baseball <clears throat> at that point. But uh, nice. it's me inside baseball suction, right? Yeah, yeah, squared. So, <laughs> uh, and and also like, I, let's be honest. I covered a lot of Tigers games with fans last last summer. Yeah, and, and uh, White Sox before that when I lived in Chicago for AP. There wasn't a lot of fans there anyway, so yeah. it's not like I mean we're talking about hundreds of fans. So yeah, not great. I think <clears throat> I. Uh... The the only pro sporting event, obviously, I've covered since the pandemic is uh, football, mm-hmm. and it's really weird. And I I, I don't I really I've not been to one of those. I can't imagine. It, I don't really like it. It's not it's not like bad or anything like that. It's just very surreal. Something like the, there's something about, and I don't know if if you felt this way or not, but like 
there's something about not being able to believe what I'm seeing right in front of me without a crowd to confirm whether or not I actually saw it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it'll be, uh, especially with the football games, like when the opposing team scores a touchdown, it's a clearest day touchdown, but because of the fact that there's no reaction, there's no, like, there's no nothing. Mm-hmm. I almost find it hard to believe what I'm, I'm like, did he really get in? Like, it, it, and there was no question. He was untouched. He ran up the middle of the end zone. But like in my head, I, it's weird for me to be able to confirm that without the fans. And I think in that aspect, uh, I'm not really a fan of it. It kind of diminishes the biggest moments of the game when you're there live and you don't have the help of, you know, the, the audio that they're pumping through the TV or whatever. Yeah. If I would have had, if I, I, last couple of years, I've also covered most of the Michigan home games for football and and I've not been to any of those games yet this year. I'm kind of hoping to at least go to one because I think it would be a surreal experience to cover Michigan stadium with a hundred thousand people turned to zero or, you know, turned to however many your friends and family are there. So uh, yeah, that's, that would be a crazy experience and probably similar to, to Ford field. I got another one here for you. I was going to ask voter fraud, how you feel about that, but maybe that's not <laughs> the topic we need here today. I'm, I'm locked down. I'm against it. <laughs> but, uh, I, I disavow voting fraud. Okay. Uh, how do you feel about uh, online sports betting? How do you feel about the fact that coming up either in December or possibly early 2021, you can sit on your couch and make sports bets on your phone, whether that's FanDuel, DraftKings. Are you excited about that? How do you feel? I uh, am a little nervous. No, not really. Uh, <clears throat> I do have an, a bit of an addictive personality, so I try and stay away from, like, getting into gambling and, like, okay. being a gambling guy because if I do, then I will be a gambling guy. Uh, so <laughs> gambling guy. I, but, like, I, I like it in the sense that, like, one, one thing that I like to do uh, – and and this is something that I probably I I actually kind of just remembered that the casinos downtown allow for uh, sports betting and in person bets and things like that. Yep. So I think uh, <clears throat> the things that I could be interested in is you know I'll, I'll pick a five team parlay mm-hmm. or or just a five prop parlay at the beginning of an NFL Sunday and then we'll kind of just see what happens. But I as far as like being able to just instantly bet games on the phone, I think I'll probably probably stay away from that unless it's like a big game or you know something just just for a little bit of fun but i i don't intend to be a regular online better because then i will be a habitual online better if you know what i'm saying here's my like my what i and i don't know what this says about me but my like strategy is to hedge emotionally hedge bets so if a detroit team or a team you root for has a big game coming up just take the other side on the money line that way you win oh them. i can see i can't do that i hate i hate the i hate being torn i it's it's one oh, it's way or the torn. other it's not torn like i don't you know hopefully the amount of money is not one that's like that you need the money you know yeah, you it's don't like do that do not yeah. do that but like it's like it's a consolation prize yeah it's like all oh, the lions blew it again but hey at least that you know at least i got 50 bucks out of the deal that's pretty yeah cool, you know <laughs> so that's that's where I'm at. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm. I cannot give gambling advice. Like literally from my job. Like do not. This is not gambling advice. I'm just telling you my experience. Yeah. So that's just kind of something to throw out there. It was a little bit of a leading question because I wanted to plug PlayMichigan.com. As you should. Uh, all the news that's coming. Like I said, it's probably December, maybe early January. But pay attention to PlayMichigan.com. We'll have all the updates for you. 
I, uh, I, I, I think of it pretty much in the same way that I, I think of my fantasy team, right? Where I never have a Lions kicker because I don't want to root for Lions field goals. <laughs> and then, uh, and that, and that's pretty much the only fantasy rule that I have is don't ever pick a Lions kicker. Cause it really sucks when they're driving down the field and then they get to like the 30 and you're like, Oh, pull up, pull up, pull up, <laughs> you know, miss that, miss that out route on third and eight. Uh, and, and so I, I hate that. And I feel like that's kind of the same thing. I want to feel one way or the other. So uh, my, my next one mm-hmm. is we're, we're approaching the middle of December or November now. It's November 13th today. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? Actually, you let me, let me change birthday. up this question. My birthday today. Go ahead. Oh, no way. Yeah. January 13th. Uh, that's right. Capricorn. Happy uh, 10 month anniversary of your last birthday. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Um, how do you feel about Friday the 13th? Um, yes, that surrounds it. You know, I, uh, the, the movies are fine. I'm not really a horror movie guy. I don't need that. That doesn't do much for my dopamine. Um, so, uh, but as far as like superstitions and stuff, I think I've like, my birthday was, was, I was not born on Friday the 13th. I was born on the 13th. So often Friday the 13th is my birthday, you know, some years. So, uh, I guess anything that's 13, 13 is kind of my number. Uh, being like born that. on the 13th, my dad was born on the 13th. My uh, my niece was born on August 13th. A friend of mine's daughter was. I mean, there's like plenty of 13th. We got yeah. a little we got a little club of 13th. Yeah. So I love Friday the 13th in just that it's a 13th. So yeah, I'm into it. Um, but no, I don't expect bad things to happen on Friday the 13th. I'm actually positive about Friday the 13th. Wow. Okay, I can respect that. I uh, I'm pretty uh, indifferent. Uh, about friday the 13th i don't really have i always like i always recognize it when it happens and i'm always like ooh, cool you know yeah. but uh it there's there's usually about two of them a year their averages out to usually about two of them a year so mm-hmm. they're not really that special and they kind of just they, it, it's always a situation like today where i didn't even realize it was friday the 13th and then i was reading the date and i was like ooh. uh but i like I, I'm i'm also not a horror movie guy at all i just like very 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 recently watched like even even like gotten to like the thriller like the the darker thriller um i watched silence of the or yeah i think it was silence of the lambs for the first time like a couple months ago and that was about as horror as it's gotten for me in my life i've never done like the friday the 13th i've never been interested in the creepy guy who kills a bunch of teenagers movies uh just doesn't do anything for me. I'm you know, I will there. say this though, superstition wise, uh, and maybe there's maybe there's some kind of sort of science involved. I, I don't really buy Friday the Thirteenth for any reason supernaturally, but full moon, people act weird when there's a full moon. I yeah. I used to. I don't know if you even know this. I used to deal blackjack at a casino in Chicago. <laughs> no, so I love come that, across though. like come across all these people that are just weird. Of course. And uh, on a full, it would be like, why is everyone acting so freaking weird today? And that was, that was always the day that it was a full moon. I think full moons, people act weird. I think there's, I I mean, I don't have the science in front of me, but uh, I'm sure it's true. I'm sure it's true. (laughs) Do you have any superstitions in your, in your regular life? Uh, No, I wish I did. I'd probably, you know, (laughs) I I wish I, I should, I should, because, you know, it would be nice to, uh, to maybe find something like that that could uh, 
that could uh, help, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I, I should I, probably find some. I'm a, I'm a creature of habit. So if I ever do have a superstition, it's like, it's like a superstition really hard for like six months and then it's just gone. Then I never think about it again, which is like a lot of things in my life. But uh, Matt, thank you so much for joining us today at the Locked On Revenge Podcast. I appreciate you having the opportunity to co-host. Hopefully Ethan starts getting a little more oxygen soon once he uh, starts climbing out from underneath that pile of leaves. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, all of our best teeth and hopefully he will be back next week. But as you'll find out, there's a reason why it's a little bit touch and go at this current point in time uh so matt once again appreciate you coming on good luck in the nba draft oh we forgot to uh, real quick i I forgot to ask for an update because last time we talked you were getting ready for the draft lottery how did that how did that turn out we didn't even preview the draft not not well i'm sorry i'm sorry i I completely (laughs) botched this go check out locked on pistons yes number seven draft free agencies coming up great review subscribe do all that stuff you have the floor Oh yeah, n- number seven, the Pistons. Uh, you know, hoping that uh, the I'm hoping that either like Onyeko Kongwu or James Wiseman, Anthony Edwards. You're hoping that people fall down, and if not, uh, then you're looking at a Killian Hayes, Tyrese Halliburton type. Uh, Pistons got all sorts of cap room. They could also try to move down in the draft, which wouldn't be so bad. Normally, you don't want to do that in the NBA, but this year there's not a lot of high level talent, so moving down to the middle of the first round wouldn't be so bad and then uh, try to take these trades where you get some future picks and take some salary back, and that's pretty much the, uh, the offseason. And you got Troy Weaver, first-time GM here, so a little bit of a wild card, and we'll see how he goes. All right, Matt, what else are you previewing uh, on Locked on Pistons? What other type of content you got coming out uh, in yeah. these days? Brother Brian, my, my guy, coming through. With my guy. Draft. That's my guy. My, our guy. Our uh, guy. Draft profiles every day. He's doing great with that. Uh, we can do Fridays with Brian <laughs> that you can check out today. And I mean, I, 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 this is the time right now to start listening to Lockdown Pistons because we got all sorts of crap for the next two weeks. It's going to be fast. It's going to be furious. We're going to throw episodes out on like Saturdays and stuff. Like it's going to be, oh, gonna be wow. crazy things happening. And uh, we're excited for it. We, we're rolling on all cylinders right now. The download numbers are up because basketball things are actually happening. And uh, we're fired up. So come join the, the party. Well, if there's anybody who I'd want to be throwing a bunch of crap at me in a fast and furious manner, it would be Matt Shook from the Locked On Pistons podcast from PlayMichigan.com. He's a dear friend. He's a great guy. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back here on Monday. Same time, same place. It's your team every day.